0: Saints, 20 instances where we should keep our mouths shut. I don't know about you, but I have to pray every day. Psalm 141.3 Set A watch, O Lord, before my mouth, keep the door of my lips. The psalmist also sought the Lord in saying and praying in Psalm 19, verse 14, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O God, my strength and my Redeemer. You know, he's actually talking in context there about secret faults. There are things in the iniquitous nature that this time possesses us all and must be crucified on a daily basis. or words will fly out of our mouths that are not edifying and not coming from the Lord. Notice Psalm 19, verse 12 through 14, the last three verses of that beautiful psalm. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Notice we see here a reflection of how Jeremiah 17, 9 says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? The psalmist also by the Holy Spirit says, who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Perhaps we should all be able to conclude from this text that we all have secret faults. Perhaps we have faults we know about and others that lurk in darkness. Darkness, just waiting to be unleashed. And that's why, again, the crucified life is the power generator of the Christian life, the walk we have with Christ, where you and I resign ourselves to death and burial, and Christ raises us up in his grace and in his power and glory. And that's how we are He is enabling us to bring forth His victory in and through our lives. Amen. We are crucified with Christ, nevertheless, we live yet not us, but Christ that liveth in us and the life which we now live in the flesh. We live by the faith of the Son of God who gave himself for us. He loved us and gave himself for us. Galatians 2.20, the psalmist continues, Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be accepted in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. And that's why I like to pray scriptures like that. And as I mentioned earlier, Psalm 141, 3, set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth, keep the door of my lips. And perhaps once we get fed up with things that come out of our mouths that aren't said, the content is not pure truth and or the way they are delivered could have been better. We will begin in the mornings, as I have learned along, time ago to get up and pray. Part of the praying I do in the morning is right here, man. Psalm 141.3 Set a watch, O Lord Jesus, please, before my mouth keep the door of my lips. And I tell you, God will hear that prayer. Remember, saints, that as we just read in Psalm 19, he speaks of the words of his mouth and the meditation of his heart. Jesus, that coincides with how Jesus said that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak it. So what's in our hearts has to be tended to. We have a message called, Keep Thy Heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. That's Proverbs 4.23, and I want you to look that one up. In fact, I'll go ahead and put it, I'll link it in the Safeguard Your Soul text portion of this message at the bottom so that you can easily access it. And so to encourage you before we get started on this list of 20 reasons that we should keep our mouth shut or 20 occasions and purposes for keeping our mouths shut, let us be reminded that God had to do a work in each and every man and woman he ever used before he could do a work through them. Someone noted that Moses spent 40 years thinking he was somebody, 40 years learning he was a nobody, and 40 years discovering what God can do with a nobody. And that's the process of God. It absolutely is in each of our lives. He has to do a work in us, and we have to comply as we abide in Christ, and we bear the fruit that brings glory to him, including the words of our mouth, being gracious words. I love that verse in Proverbs. It speaks about gracious words. Proverbs, exactly. Actually, it's Ecclesiastes 10, 12. The words of a wise man's mouth are gracious, but the lips of a fool will swallow him up. The number of one reason to keep our, or situation to keep our mouths shut is in the heat anger. He that is soon angry, Proverbs 14:17 says, dealeth foolishly, and a man of wicked devices is hated. So he that is soon angry deals foolishly. Anger in our bosom, the scripture speaks of that. In Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 9, Solomon writes, be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry, for anger resteth in the bosom of fools. So anyone who allows anger to steep like tea, to steep in you and to find a nest in your heart and doesn't seek God and be washed by his word and conformed to the image of Christ through the cross is going to have this anger, this sinful wrath in his bosom. And that's where it's going to be coming from as a reservoir, if you will, and released out of our our lips, not only in what we say, but possibly in the way we deliver that message and share those words. And remember the words of a wise man's mouth are oh, gracious, right? Ecclesiastes 10, 12, and also Colossians 4, 6, he speaks of letting our words be gracious when they come out and minister edification. Notice this, let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. Interesting. Seasoned with salt. I know I am speaking to a lot of people that like to bless others with good food, and that means you got to cook it to do that, right? You know, when you're cooking, you want to season that food. You want it to be delivered with light, right? That's how we can view, and that's what he's saying here. He's given an illustration. The Holy Spirit is through Paul. Let your speech be always with grace, not wrath or anger, but with grace, always, by the way seasoned with salt, put some seasoning on your words that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. That's Colossians 4, 6. You know, I love the way I could speak a little bit of Spanish, but I love being around the Spanish and other languages because I may be missing something. I don't think so. But they have such a sweet delivery, the way they communicate. It's with great respect, you know, with the golden rule, if you will, undergirding it. The golden rule is something every believer must be living, should be living, and is given the grace and the power of God to live. And Jesus said, whatsoever you would that men should do unto you, do ye even so to them. And that's going to be Matthew 7, 12, I believe Luke six thirty nine. So let your speech, I would highly encourage you, beloved, to memorize this verse, Colossians 4, 6, and write it on an index card. It will change your life. To be reminded, you know, when you memorize a Scripture, you're able to mull it over. That's what meditation means. Meditation is something that God invented and that he ordained. The difference between the meditation of God's people and the meditation of the world's people is that God's people meditate upon what he said upon his word, Joshua 1, 8, By the way, if you put in the word meditation in the search box on safeguardyoursoul.com, you'll find a really edifying message on that topic as it is in scripture. I will also link it at the bottom of this message on the post on safeguardyourasoul.com. Number two on the list of when to keep our mouths shut when you don't have all the facts. Now this is one that seems to be a real challenge for all of us. We hear one side of the story and we're so convinced that that is the truth. And then the other person involved speaks. Many times to show the deceit, the partiality. Reality of the person who first spoke. We've got to be really careful. This would also apply to people running off and teaching something and or insisting that something's true when they haven't even done a thorough study on the subject, which is quite ridiculous. And it makes a fool out of each of us, saints. We've all done this. And may God have mercy and teach us his ways, teach our hearts, as the scripture says in Psalm 37. This is all linked, as I mentioned, in we read earlier, when Jesus said out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Notice what he says here, the psalmist in Psalm 37, verse 30 and 31. The mouth of the righteous speaketh wisdom. May God increase his wisdom in each of us in Jesus' name. The mouth of the righteous speaketh wisdom, and his tongue talketh of judgment. The law of his God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. What a blessing. So the Number two occasion that we should keep our mouths shut is when we don't have the full picture, and sometimes we're never going to have the full picture, by the way. Proverbs 18, 13, he that answereth or speaks up about a matter before he heareth it. In other words, before he thoroughly understands all the facts, it is folly that means foolishness and shame to him. So this will bring shame to us, I'm sure each and every one of us and recall that we've been shamed and it was a good shame. Hopefully it will teach us the pain of that shame will be part of what motivates us to never speak out on any matter. You know, we don't have to have an opinion about everything, do we? No. The best thing we can do is just be gracious and say, hey, I'm going to pray for both parties. All right, number three, the number three occasion that we should shut our mouths is when we haven't verified a story. This goes with the one we just read about. Number two, in Proverbs 18, 13. By the way, I want you to memorize these verses, beloved. All right, this would be a great thing, and they're all listed on here on the post, the text section of it, or segment of it. So you can write these down on an index card. So when you haven't verified a story, you should never open your mouth and draw a conclusion. Deuteronomy 17, 6 says, at the mouth of two witnesses, or three witnesses. That's a truth we see throughout Scripture, Old and New Testament, also 2 Corinthians 3, 13, one and two, Paul repeats Moses. This is of God, of course, at the mouth of two or three witnesses, shall he that is worthy of death be put to death? But at the mouth of one witness, he shall not be put to death. And why is that? Because any of us could be accused of something by someone who has some evil motive about us that we all know how that goes, right? And it not be true. And there we all get put to death on testimony of one person. And our legal system, which is very corrupt, by the way, I got to throw that in there, does and is supposed to be operating with this truth in mind. So at the mouth of two witnesses or three witnesses, shall he that is worthy of death be put to death? But at the mouth of one witness, he shall not be put to death. When the story isn't verified through notice two or three witnesses, not somebody that heard somebody else say that they supposedly heard or saw something, but actual witnesses. I want you to underline the word witness we also see in the same truth here in exodus 23 1 and 2 thou shalt not raise a false report put not thine hand with the wicked to be an unrighteous witness thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil even if everybody else is doing it you shall not do it neither shalt thou speak in a cause to decline after many to rest w r e s t or pervert judgment all right so the number Number four occasion when we should just shut up. If your words will offend a weaker brother. I don't know about you, but I have cringed and laid in bed and prayed and repented many times for this one right here. First Corinthians eight eleven. And through thy knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died. So have you ever let something out of your mouth that you regretted? And you know it didn't do any kind of ministry or edification to the person or persons you shared with. And, you know, conviction is a blessing, man. It's such a blessing. It shows how much God loves us and he loves those we would wound if we were left to our own devices. And It's like the flashing red light on your dashboard of your car. It's like, hey, pull over and get something. Get this or that right. Put more oil in it. In the spiritual sense, it's pull over. Have a come to Jesus meeting. Bring words of repentance to him in confession before the throne of grace and ask him to forgive you and cleanse you and also to change you from the inside out, so that never happens again. Remember Ephesians 4.29, Saints, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying or building up others, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. What a beautiful, beautiful verse. That is definitely a memory verse there. All right, let's look at the number five occasion that we should just shut up. If your words will be a poor reflection of the Lord or your friends or family. First Peter 2, 21 through 23, we see Christ's example of this. For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow after. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. So when Jesus Stood before his accusers, Pilate and Herod, etc., he was silent. One man of this silence of Jesus said Jesus would complete his purpose and be crucified. He would not respond to the evil men who had brought him there. Their time had passed for asking questions. He would remain silent, just as the prophets had before, or they had foretold. He was the Lamb of God, and as he went to be sacrificed, he would remain. Silence. He would not cry or beg for mercy. He would not seek change or to change Pilate's mind by arguing with his accusers. The plan of God was in place. As evil as the plans of wicked men were, God would use it for his glorious and perfect purposes to redeem a people for himself. And that brought Christ joy to see the will of the Father fulfilled. Christ did this for you and me. How will you? you respond? Will it be with joy because you have been set free? Will it be in living for his glory? Will it be by placing your trust in Christ alone for salvation? Unquote. Amen. So he points out that there were three reasons why Jesus remained silent before his accusers. The first is his silence reflected their hardened hearts. The second, his silence was prophesied. And third, his silence pointed to his commitment to his mission. So notice Jesus, when he suffered, he threatened not. When he was reviled, he reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. That's a powerful truth. I want to encourage you to get to know It's 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 21 through 23. All right, number six reason why we should keep our mouth closed. When you are tempted to joke about sin, we all have been around people that are mocking, making. Making a mock at sin. Notice Proverbs 14 9 says, Fools make a mock at sin, but among the righteous there is favor. The righteous have a conviction about sin. They don't mock sin. They have a conviction about sin because they one they are bought by, the price of his blood, that is, is holy, holy, holy. So they don't make a mock or belittle something that God despises. All right, number seven reason we should keep our mouths closed. When you would be ashamed of your words, Later, we got to think about what's going to happen once these words fly out of our mouth. And yes, I use the word "fly" for a purpose because if we're not praying and seeking the Lord, that little member, that little James three, right, can steer the ship of our lives and our peace into a really bad portion of waters, very choppy seas. Nights awake, sweating in repentance. I don't know about you, I do know I converse and fellowship with other believers on a daily basis and. Many of us agree that man, we can't get away with nothing. I don't know if that's correct English, but I do think that you get the point. God is so good; He convicts us of any sin, and especially when we're crying out, "Lord, make my spirit, my conscience, which is a gift from Him, to be extremely sensitive, Lord, so that I don't walk toward even toward sin and evil, looking not to the left and to or to the right, but removing my foot from evil in Jesus' name." Proverbs four twenty-seven also. So in the book of Psalms 119, the psalmist prayed to the Lord to order my steps in thy word and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. And aren't we so blessed to know in Romans 6:14, sin shall not have dominion over you for you are not under the law, but under grace. And God's grace is not only his unmerited favor, but it's his divine influence on our hearts and his divine ability in us to please him in all our ways. All right. Number eight, when you're tempted to make light of things that are holy, that's when you should just keep those lips shut. Ecclesiastes five two. be not rash with thy mouth and let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God, for God is in heaven and thou upon earth. Amen. So when we're tempted, we should keep our mouths when we're tempted to make light of things that are holy. And I'm sure we will recall together the words of Jesus in Matthew 12 just after he said that out of the abundance of the heart out of what's in the heart the mouth will speak then he said in verse 36 and 37 Matthew 12 but I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment for by thy words thou shalt be justified and by thy words by what by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Matthew 12, 36 and 37. Number nine, the occasion, the number nine occasion when our words would convey a wrong message. We should keep our mouths closed when our words, if we're getting ready to lunge out and say something, we should hold those back because they could convey wrong message. Remember Proverbs 17, 27, he that hath knowledge spareth his words and a man of understanding is of an excellent spirit. I like that. Father, make us of an excellent spirit, as was Daniel and the three Hebrew children in Jesus' name. And, you know, it reminds us of James 3, where James had wrote under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that a man that can tame his tongue is a mature, godly man. Hallelujah. Number 10 occasion to keep our mouths shut would be if the issue is none of our business. Proverbs 14.10 says, The heart knoweth his own bitterness, and a stranger doth not intermeddle." with his joy. And also 1 Peter 4, 15, but let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other men's matters. Notice along with murder, we're not to suffer as a murderer or as a what? Thief. We know those. Or as an evildoer of any kind, right? And number four, a busybody. God doesn't want us suffering for sins. Notice in 1 Peter 3, 3, verse 14 of First Peter. But, and if ye suffer for righteousness sake, happy are ye, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. So he contrasts in First Peter, which I happen to be personally reading through again this week. He contrasts suffering for evil doing or for righteousness sake. And obviously, the only suffering a believer should be doing is for righteousness sake. And our Father is with us in that persecution. Okay, the number 11 11th time or occasion we should keep our mouths closed is when you are tempted to tell an outright lie. Remember, temptation is not sin, but entering into that temptation is when we sin, James 1, 13 through 15. So here the scripture is Proverbs 4, 24, put away from thee a froward mouth and perverse lips put far from thee. The number 12 occasion that we should keep our mouths closed is if your words will damage some. Someone's reputation. This is a big one right here. Proverbs 16, 27, an ungodly man diggeth up evil. Wow. He goes and it's a sin that some woman or man committed in the past, that would include all of us, and digs it up. And especially if you're trying to dig it up from under the blood, then you're definitely going to bring judgment on yourself because Romans chapter 8, verse 33 and 34 says, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect. It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Also, I'm reminded, if you will, of Canaan, I believe it was Canaan, or Ham it was, in the book of Genesis, about chapter 9, where he uncovered the nakedness of his father. And in uncovering, unnecessarily uncovering, or perhaps speaking about the nakedness of his father, while his father was in sin, because it says that Noah, his father, see, Ham is one of the three sons of Noah, by whom the whole earth was overspread, and he's the of Canaan, and which is the African people. If you read in Genesis chapter nine, it'll be a good place. But you read about Ham, the father of Canaan, who saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brethren without. There he is speaking out of turn. Instead of just keeping silent and taking that to his grave, he spoke these things out. And his other brothers, Japheth and Shem, were more noble than him and covered the nakedness of their father Noah. So Ham uncovered his father's sin and he incurred a curse upon himself by doing so. This is very dangerous. If your parents do you something wrong, you know, nobody agrees with their parents 100%. That's ridiculous. No two people agree 100% on anything, but we are to honor them and not speak against them. And that's an example and it's a perfect example because we just read about a man named Ham, a very important man in history, spoke against or exposed his father, exposed his head or leadership unnecessarily and incurred a curse upon himself. So again, the main scripture, Proverbs 16, 27, an ungodly man diggeth up evil. If you got somebody that's digging up evil, you know, we've all met people who they remember all the bad stuff about people. Why? They, they're they ready to use it against them at some point. This is what Jesus called a swine and a dog. And he commanded us to not give them any time, don't cast, don't give any any pearl or any precious bit or jewel of your time to them, because what are they gonna do? He said they're gonna turn again and rend you, stab you in the back. That's where stab backstabbing comes from. Matthew seven verse six. People that dig up evil aren't worthy to be fellowshipped with by true believers, cause such a person is an ungodly man that is as sure for hell as if he were already there, because the wickedness that comes out of his mouth is coming out of his heart. When you turn the spigot, if you will, the little in your kitchen, however your setup is, and the water starts coming out, the water is coming from a reservoir down below. And that's representative of your heart. When your mouth opens, what's in your heart is going to flow forth. And that's why we have to take heed to these scriptures that we are reviewing today. Here's another one, Proverbs 16, 23 and 24. The heart of the wise teacheth his mouth. We're talking about teaching. Teaching our mouth today, and many times specifically we are teaching ourselves, our hearts are, if we're walking with the Lord, his grace working in us and established being established in our hearts, It's teaching us when to keep our mouths shut. In fact, Jesus, it said, had the tongue of the learned, and he knew when to keep silent, as we reviewed earlier, that he stayed silent before his accusers. That's by the way, in Isaiah chapter 50, speaking of the tongue of the Learned, you can look that up. Just start reading in verse 1 there of Isaiah chapter 50. Incredible passage. So the heart of the wise teaches his mouth and addeth learning to his lips. Pleasant words, or as in honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bones. Proverbs 16, 23, and 24. Hey, as we finalize this list of 20 reasons or occasions to keep our mouths closed, number 13, if your words will destroy friendship, so we're to keep our mouths closed. When we aren't sure what to say, the best thing would be to to have a policy that we don't say anything. We smile warmly and do whatever God will teach us. Proverbs 25 28, He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. It's just a free-for-all. Number 14 occasion to keep our mouths closed when you're feeling critical. Therewith this is going to be, I believe it's James 3 verse 9 therewith, he's speaking about the mouth specifically, therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God, James 3 verse 9, speaking of the tongue and how it can be an unruly member unless it is brought under subjection through the crucified life. The number 15 occasion that we should keep our mouths closed is if you can't speak without yelling. If we're tempted to blurt or scream something out, we should hold it back. Proverbs 25, 28, he that hath no rule over his own spirit, he uses that one again in this list here, is like a city that is broken down and without walls. It has no temperance or control and governing over it. All right, the number 16, time um, to keep our mouths closed, is when it is time to listen. Proverbs 13, 1, a wise son heareth his father's instruction, but a scorner heareth not rebuke. Proverbs 9, verse 9 says, give instruction to a wise man, and he will be yet wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. Okay, so sometimes, and this is kind of laughingly said, but it's absolutely true, that we've been given two ears and one mouth, and that's a lesson all by itself in the creation of God, isn't it? So we should be listening twice as much as we are speaking, and that listening comes from reading. The most important of that listening comes from reading the words of God, listening to God. That's how we hear from God every day. We get up and pray, we talk to the Lord, and we read his word, and he speaks to us through his word every day. If we're not hearing from God, it's because we're not reading his word. Every time you open the Bible, he's speaking to you as you read it. James 1, 19 and 20 says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not. Not the righteousness of God. I've found great blessings personally in memorizing these two verses, James 1, 19 and 20. They have served well. God has used them so many times. So again, number 16, when it's time to listen, we should just be quiet, saints, and just listen. May God bless us to be teachable and not have to know it all, because we don't. We all know a little bit, and we share that with each other in fellowship and network it to each other. None of us can study everything in the world. Now we should be studying God's Word all the time, every day. You're backslidden if you're not in the Word every day because you have to have the divine nutrients and nourishment of heaven to sustain a life with Christ, such as is pictured with the five wise virgins who, in Jesus's parable, were sustained all the way into glory with the great bridegroom, Matthew 25, 1 through 13. All right, number 17 occasion to keep our mouths closed is if we are going to have to eat our words later. Proverbs 1821, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Notice, not only life, but death is in the power of the tongue, and we're going to eat the fruit of our words. It's going to come back on us, either in a blessed way or in a convicted way, in a remorseful, regretful way. We see that all the way through the book of Proverbs. So, number 18 occasion that we should keep our mouths closed is, if we have already said it one time, if we're already said something one time, we should not be repeating it. Then it becomes nagging, if you will. Perhaps something you're pushing on somebody. Now, this one I would agree with to a certain extent. We see things continually repeated throughout Scripture. And there is a time to repeat things because, for example, if you're teaching the Bible, you know, I had a pastor when I was a young Christian that, man, he preached one day as an example. He preached James one twenty-two. I mean, this was a long time ago. And he said it so many times. He dropped it in over and over every few minutes. And you walked out of that building, you couldn't help but have that verse memorized. What a blessing. So this is somewhat true in certain instances. When it's a wife that's nagging her husband, for example, which God does not desire for a woman to do at all, if you read the scriptures on that matter. So it becomes nagging when she's trying to beat it into him. And it really belittles the other person because it makes him feel like... You know, somebody saying they're ignorant that they didn't hear it the first time. Proverbs 19:13. A foolish son is the calamity of his father, and the contentions of a wife are as a continual dropping. That's nagging, continual dropping. The number nineteen reason of the twenty, an occasion that is that we should keep our mouths closed is when you are tempted to flatter a person. That's an interesting one. Proverbs 24:24 24, 24 says, He that saith to the wicked, Thou art righteous. Him shall the people curse. Nations shall abhor him. So if you're telling somebody that's wicked all because you're trying to be nice, that he's righteous and everything's going to be okay, that is damning flattery, flattery that could damn his soul. That's the work of false prophets, so we should always be beware. And somebody might be saying right now, man, how do I do? Where do I start with all this? Just start in prayer. So let us pray as we close. First off, before we pray, I want to include a verse that I believe I skipped accidentally earlier in in our list. It's Ecclesiastes 5, 2. Be not rash with thy mouth, and let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God. For God is in heaven, and thou upon earth. Therefore, let thy words be few. Ecclesiastes 5, 2. Let thy words be few. It begins with, be not rash with thy mouth, and it ends with, let thy words be few. Heavenly Father, we need your circumcised work On our hearts, Lord, the reservoir from which our words flow. And though we do acknowledge that we have allowed words that shouldn't have come out of our mouth and attitudes that were behind them to defile us and others, others and ourselves. And we ask you to unite our hearts to fear thy name, to lay the axe to the root, Lord, and do your deeper work in us to the core of our being. Unite our hearts to fear thy name, Lord, and bless us as David prayed, Lord, that the words of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts would be acceptable in thy sight, O God, Lord God, our strength and our Redeemer. In Jesus' name, Well, brothers and sisters, it's been a blessing to spend these moments with you in the Word of God. And remember, there's hundreds of more Christ-centered, scripture-rich, edifying podcasts on SafeguardYourSoul.com forward slash audios. There's also a store page with several many books on there for your edification in Christ. They're all scripture-rich and Christ-centered. Also, tens of thousands of saints and sinners are being reached every month, and you're prayers are coveted for the fruitfulness and supply of this outreach. God be praised, by the way, for those who are supporting and feel free to visit our donate page on the site and you can use your debit card, PayPal or Patreon, and you can become a monthly sustaining member if you choose to do so. And a gift of any amount is so appreciated. Part of this outreach is to equip and supply other ministering disciples across our great country